0: everybody, you're listening to Accounting Makes Sense, an MJ the Tutor podcast, and I'm your host, MJ. In this podcast, we are focused on helping accounting students all over the world by offering a quick warm-up on various accounting and business topics, hoping to generate bigger discussions and conversations around them. If you are a SEMA case study student, then this episode is for you. For this episode, we're going to look at a couple of initial thoughts or tidbits on the MCS Pre-Scene material for the November 2023 exam session. This is a similar episode format to the ones I did previously, where I talk about some key points raised from the Pre-Scene. Anyway, I hope you guys gain some helpful insights from these episodes to help you with your preparation. Again, I would just like to put out a disclaimer that these thoughts are simply my own opinion. You should not take these thoughts as the only important aspects of the pre There would be others. As you read through the pre you would also be able to glean for yourself other important factors to consider. My opinions here, or my thoughts here, are neither wrong nor right. They are simply here to offer help in analyzing situations, as well as provide information from another angle. Okay, so as mentioned, our main reference for today is the November 2023 MCS pre-scene, which came out last week. So, really very hot off the press. I've read the pre-scene a couple of times, so I wouldn't say that I've read it to death, but these are just my initial thoughts. I'm going to offer four tidbits for today, and you should take these as clues, for lack of a better word, clues into the world of the pre-seen company. Before we start off with the tidbits, a small backgrounder is to introduce the pre-seen company that we have for November 2023. Our pre-seen company for this session is called Cupcar. It is a quoted company operating many car dealerships in the fictitious country called Welland. So, let's start with the tidbits. The first tidbit to share is on the company structure. It's not really described well in the pre-seen material, but we can almost guess that each dealership is going to be treated as some sort of profit center or investment center. Each dealership has decision-making capabilities when it comes to offering discounts and basically generating profits. There isn't a lot of leeway when it comes to the selling prices of the new cars because this is restricted by the MSRP, which is the manufacturer's suggested retail price. But the business works on volume, meaning that they push to sell cars to reach the manufacturer's set targets so that they receive the target incentives given by the manufacturers. Something else to note is that the dealerships are not just promoting or selling one particular brand. It's a little blurred what the brand is for the business because, as the pre-scene mentioned, Cupcar has 214 dealerships, of which 17 is focused on Bartow Motors. Two are for Limo Lux. And what about the other 195 dealerships? Obviously selling other brands of cars. I think the operation for cup car dealers are the same. It's just that the brands of the cars are different. But there could be some issues there too. Some brands are mass-market brands, and others are luxury brands. But we'll touch on that discussion in a bit when we talk about performances. For now, structure is a bit of a guesswork, but I'd say the dealers would be runs like some sort of investment centers. The second tidbit relates back to the first one which talks about the structure but this one is more focused on performance. I spoke a little about the differences between the dealers, the products or cars that they are selling. This would mean that the performance measures will likely need to be different from dealers that sell mass market cars versus those that sell luxury cars. It's more difficult or expensive to sell luxury cars Price tag is higher, of course, so they may have a different set of KPIs for themselves. So how does this all fare out with the whole Cup Car company? We know the first division of segments would be new versus used cars. But what about Bartle Motors dealers versus LimoLux dealers versus other manufacturers dealers? So there could be a possibility to look at this in more detail, splitting up KPIs even more. The third tidbit is on accounting standards. I'm kinda still debating whether it would be a bit of IFRS 15 and IFRS 16. There is a flip side to this industry because we always seem to get companies that have leases. And so we do lease accounting from a lessee point of view. But for this one, we are actually looking at it from a lessor point of view. We are the ones leasing the cars to the customers. IFRS 16 leases is not really an MCS topic, but it's always just good to brush up on this subject so that we understand how it all works if we are ever faced with questions about the leasing part of the cars. How do we account for it in our books? There is also the whole concept of when we lease the car. It is technically sold to Cupcar, so that is also something interesting to be aware of. In terms of IFRS 15, which is recognizing revenue, there are a lot of mention with regards to warranties, extended warranties, service agreements, etc. So this could come into play where you are asked when to recognize revenue, how much of the revenue to recognize, and when obligations get fulfilled. The last tidbit is on business model and strategy. The company's business model informs us that Cupcar is on a differentiation strategy. They are not necessarily the cheapest and the only way they differentiate themselves is to offer very good customer service. The way they earn their profits is by ensuring they are pushing for volume sales. So it's a little bit confusing because when you hear volume sales, the tendency is to think that it is being done via pricing, which could be a little true. Cupcar could be making sure that they are reducing the prices of new cars a little bit, but at the same time, they entice customers to stay loyal to them because of the personal touches that they offer. I would say that they are not really as different from competitors. There is a risk there that customers can't really tell what is special about Cupcar, versus the competition. As to how to differentiate, at the moment, I can't really think of a way. I'm having some thoughts about electric cars because they were mentioned as news articles at the back of the precinct. I was thinking they could partner with a particular manufacturer to trailblaze the popularity of electric cars in Welland. I'm not really sure how they could do that yet, but certainly, this would be a good way to differentiate more than just offering good customer service. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I hope you were able to glean the same tidbits from the pre-scene as I did, maybe even more. Keep on reading that pre-scene to gain a better understanding of the scenario. As always, I thank you for listening to Accounting Makes Sense, an MJ the Tutor podcast. I am your host, MJ the Tutor. If you're keen to connect to be updated with the arrival of the next episode of this podcast or find SEMA resources online, please head on over to my website, www.mjthetutor.com. You can also hit subscribe on whichever platform you are using to listen to this podcast. If you want to connect on social media, I'm on Facebook, X, and Instagram under the name MJ The Tutor. So I hope to see you again next time. Ciao for now!